Hi, and welcome to Girl Talk. Join me and my closest girlfriends as we navigate life, love, and relationships. Each week, we will discuss a new topic and address it head-on with personal experiences and learned lessons. Hello, everybody, and today I'm going to share a very personal story with you all because I think that the hardest things to share are the things that need to be shared the most. So I'm going to share a very personal story of my own, and it is about and around my miscarriage that I had in 2019 before um, the pregnancy of my daughter. So in 2019, uh, Jeff and I had decided, I think Griffin was one and a half by then, and Jeff and I decided that we wanted to start trying for our second and we are very fortunate in that it did not take long for me to get pregnant. I think it took two cycles. And because my period is so regular, um, I think I took a pregnancy test like the first day that I missed my period and it was positive. And I was beyond ecstatic. I was so excited. And there was a lot of pressure to have a girl because Jeff has really wanted a girl. So um, I was just really, really excited. And... Um, and I had also, at the time, been training to do a relay run. So the relay run was, um, it was a, it was two vans with six people in each van, and each of us had to run three legs. Um, and I had been training for this. I'd been running about three or four miles a day on, on a Friday mornings. I would run about maybe five miles, uh, maybe five and a half. Um, but I had never ran six miles, which was what my first leg was. So I talked to my, um, my midwife and told her about, you know, I'd be running this amount and if she thought it would be okay. And she said, you know, because I had been consistently running and training for this, that she doesn't see a reason why it wouldn't and that I should just go ahead and do it. So I got the all clear and um, I, w- I had already been telling my close friends and family about my pregnancy because I had had no issues with Griffin's pregnancy, and I just felt very, um, I guess, confident that everything would be okay because I had no prior issues, and I don't, I don't think my mom had ever had any issues like that. So um, I had already began to tell people. And then um, after my first leg on my relay, which was, I think, 6.2 miles, a full 10K, I was so happy and proud of myself. I think I did it in like 10, I think it was like a 10, 10 minute and 30 pace. And I was just so proud because I had, you know, I had been training since I had had Griffin um, or trying to get back into running. And it was the farthest I had ever ran in my whole life. And I was just immensely proud of myself. And I think in that moment, I posted on Facebook, like, six miles and six weeks pregnant. And so I, that was how I made the announcement about my second pregnancy. And um, and then I go to do my second leg, which was about, I think, six to eight hours later. I can't really remember, but my second leg was four and a half miles. And, um, and you know, I had been training and I had already ran that distance before and my first leg was definitely harder than that. So I thought it would be a piece of cake. Well, coming to the end of my four and a half mile leg, which was my second leg, um, there was a big hill and 
oh my gosh, it was slowing me down and I felt it was at the very tail end of my leg and I felt already pretty depleted from running my 6.2 mile leg and I just felt like it was never going to end. And I could hear that the, the end was near, but I couldn't see it because the hill was so steep. And um, finally, when I got to the top, I, I mean, I think mentally I had been like, oh my gosh, I'm going to start walking soon. And then I would hear myself, no, you could do it, you could do it, you could do it. So I just kept going. And then I, I saw someone on my team in the crowd and I finally, like, I realized, oh, I made it to the end. And all of a sudden I just started hyperventilating. I couldn't breathe. I w- was having some sort of like anxiety attack or, um, or panic attack. I'm not even sure, but I was just like, <gasps> And I couldn't breathe and a medical person came over to me and so did one of my teammates, Dylan, and the medical person told me to sit down and put my head between my legs and um, and then slowly I was able to start taking in normal breaths and Dylan was like, let's just walk around and we'll just, you know, uh, try and get yourself to calm down. And so I remember telling Dylan, I was like, oh gosh, it really scares me that that just happened because, you know, I'm, I'm pregnant and I'm so early on pregnant. And he's like, I'm sure everything's fine. It's okay. He was so sweet in that moment. I was really appreciative of, um, how, how much compassion he was giving me. And so, um, after that leg, you know, I went to the bathroom just to be sure nothing, there was no blood. It was nothing was going on. It was fine. On my third leg, which was only like three miles, I walked the entire thing basically because I was way too paranoid that, um, that I was going to, you know, hurt my baby. And so, um, after that, which I was six weeks, six and a six and like six weeks and like two days or something, I, um, had my, um, ultrasound, my very first ultrasound two weeks after that. So I was about eight and a half weeks pregnant. And I went in with my husband. We were both very excited about, um, about, you know, having our second baby. And the ultrasound technician said, okay, so here's your baby. Are you sure you should be eight weeks? And I was like, yeah, I'm eight and eight and a half weeks now. Just like, okay, well, the baby's pretty small. So it doesn't look like um, you're quite at eight weeks, which at that time I hadn't been alarmed because babies kind of measure differently when it's so early on. So I just didn't think anything of it. And then she's like, um, hold on one second. I'm going to, I'll be right back. And Jeff was like, Oh my gosh, like that's not good. Something's wrong. And I didn't even realize that. And I was like, you think something's wrong? He's like, yeah, like, uh, it's weird that she would leave. And it sounds like maybe, you know, she's grabbing the doctor. So then I started freaking out thinking like, Oh my gosh, well, what do you think could be wrong? Like, like maybe the baby has some sort of chromosomal normal norm um, normality. Like I I had no idea. I was just very um, caught off guard that something could even be wrong. I had been pregnant before. Everything went great. How could this happen? The doctor comes in and he um, looks at the ultrasound and he says, "You know, I'm sorry to say, but." your baby is measuring six weeks and your baby should be eight and a half weeks. And by eight and a half weeks, they have a a heartbeat that we can hear and see. And right now your baby is showing that it's six weeks and doesn't have a heartbeat. So unfortunately that means that your baby has stopped developing. It's, it's no longer alive. And 
I think when I blinked, like a thousand tears came out of my eyes because I was just overwhelmed and shocked and just totally devastated by the news that was just given to me. And it's so weird when you get that type of news and it's in, it's a total stranger giving it to you because it's not like they can go and give you a hug. I mean, he had never even met me before and you could tell he felt really bad. I mean, his voice, but it just feels so weird to just take that news from a professional. It's like hard to compartmentalize, you know? So I was just like, okay, thank you for telling me. What do I do now? And he said that he would call my midwife and see if she had an opening to talk to me about what my options are. I didn't even know what that meant. What do you mean, what are my options? Does that mean I can make the baby live? I was very like, what are my options? Um, and my husband was also processing this information. And um, I remember I was holding his hand and he said something like, it's because you did that run. And I just felt immediately shame and guilt and I don't know, embarrassed about um, how I could ever do a run like that, thinking that everything would be okay. And that, you know, how is he going to be able to forgive me for killing our baby? And I already had so much guilt my on my own that when he also said those things, it, it also hurt really deeply because um, I wanted him to say, you know, that just wasn't our baby. It wasn't meant to be. And in hindsight, I know he was processing his own feelings, but it still hurt, especially because I was so vulnerable at that time. So when the doctor came back in the room, he said, you know, that my midwife had a time, op- a time slot open and that she could see me. And I told Jeff, you know, just go to work because I would rather have this time alone with the midwife, um, because it's just going to be about, you know, what to do next. And there, I, I felt like I needed time to like process this myself. So he did and he went to work and I talked to the midwife and she was very sweet with me. She told me, you know, it couldn't have been the run and that I was fine. And that honestly, these happen more often than we think because nowadays we find out we're pregnant so early on. We're back in the day, you wouldn't know you're pregnant until maybe a couple missed periods. And now we find out, you know, so early on that normally your body would have already um, processed a miscarriage and now it's like we know so early so our expectations are a lot higher that all of this will just work out and so we talked about what my options were and basically uh, when you have a miscarriage but you haven't bled you have to take a pill um you can, they either recommend you taking it orally or sometimes you have to like stick it up your vagina and it helps basically process the abortion. So it's called a voluntary abortion, which is just awful t- terminology, if you ask me, <laughs> because in no way did I want an abortion. I wanted to have this baby and I'm now taking a pill that's basically called an abortion pill. Um, and so 
I remember after I had gotten that news and I had totally cried to the midwife and she was very, um, she was very compassionate and showed lots of empathy. I asked her, you know, well, when can I try to have a baby again? Because honestly, that was the thing I want. I want my baby. I want to have a baby. The only thing that will make this pain go away is by getting pregnant again and having a baby. And she said, it all depends on me and how I process those emotions. And if I feel like I'm ready after, you know, six weeks after my first period, then that's when you can start. However, sometimes you're not emotionally ready and you need to wait longer. So it really just depends on how I'm emotionally processing, which I hate the ambiguity because I would really just rather know an exact timeline because that's the only thing I could, I felt like could fix the grief I was feeling of losing my baby was where's my new baby? I want a new baby. Get me pregnant. <laughs> um, so when I left her office, I felt very like, well, fuck, I have to be stuck in this uncomfortable grief of guilt and shame and just, um, honestly, probably the lowest and most depressed I have felt in my life. And I remember after that appointment, I called my mom to tell her. And I said, Mom, oh my God. And I was definitely crying. And I was like, I lost the baby. I don't have the baby. And the first thing my mom said was, it was because you did that run, Brittany. And I think what really hurt was that I was going through so much grief and pain. And I realized that these people were as well, but their fingers were pointed at me. And what I needed at that moment was just someone to tell me that it wasn't my fault and that it was going to be okay. <sighs> so I, after I got off the phone, you know, I, I think when I, my mom said that I felt, I felt like defensive. I was like, my midwife said it wasn't, you know, even though I still to this day think it, it most likely was, I don't think I can handle or I could handle at that time hearing that it was my fault because that was definitely not my intention. And I had even asked my doctor beforehand if she thought it would be okay. And she said, yes. So I just went and did it. And now I'm, I wonder, or I look back and wonder if that was a selfish thing to do, to just go on with my plans as if I never got pregnant or if, um, I would have lost this baby either way. So, um, obviously I think when you go through a miscarriage, there's a lot of things that run in your head, especially when it comes to like, well, what could I have done to have not had a miscarriage? Was there anything that I could have done to prevent it or have my baby or, um, is it that my body is, you just, gosh, you blame yourself so much. Um, so after that, um, I took this abortion pill, which was awful. And, um, it doesn't, it starts a few, I think it starts like a day or two after you take it and you start bleeding and definitely it's like tissue bleeding um, cause you're basically shedding your uterus. Um, and then I think it was, I think maybe day three or day four after I took the pill is actually when the baby came out. 
Now, I was only six and a half weeks pregnant, so it was a very tiny little fetus. I mean, it was so small. But I remember when I saw it, I knew. I mean, you could tell it was a baby. It was just a very small little baby. And that just, gosh, it was just, it was very unreal to see that. And the emotions that you feel in that moment are just so heavy. And I feel like the only thing that fixes it is, you know, luckily I have my second child. And I think that that grief kind of gets tucked away. I don't think it's gone forever, but I think it gets tucked away because you get the joy to celebrate a new life. And a life I definitely wouldn't have had if I had this child because, um, well, I'll explain that in a little bit later. So after... Um, like the baby came out and I fully had the miscarriage, uh, my family and some friends were going to Crater Lake to go camping. And so we went to Crater Lake and, you know, I had to post on Facebook since I had posted that I was pregnant, which if anybody <laughs> from this podcast gets pregnant, do not post until you get your first ultrasound because... And even then, I mean, not to, I don't want to put fear into you guys, but um, even then, there's so much that can happen. And I bet most of your pregnancies will be absolutely beautiful and wonderful. But I just wish that I hadn't shared it so publicly because then I had to also share publicly that I had a miscarriage and probably earlier than I was actually ready to share it but I felt like I needed to because the last thing I wanted was someone to ask me about my pregnancy. Um, so I did, I posted, it was just a quote and I think it was, I can't even remember, Christy Allen maybe, it was a quote by Christy Allen I think that said like, uh, bigger than the grief of losing a potential child is the ideas and the fantasies that you have around who this person might be and or become. And it's also the grief of that. And so I posted that. I went to Crater Lake and I was so, I remember when I first saw Crater Lake, I pulled the car over while my son is passed out and Jeff had to drive separately because he had to work. Um, so he was driving later. But I remember I pulled over and it was just me and Griffin and Griffin was asleep and I pulled over and I just stood outside and looked at the beautiful, beautiful lake. If you have seen pictures of Crater Lake, it's stunning. And I just cried. I just weeped because it made me feel like, like I will see beauty again in the world and I'm just going through a really hard time. And it also made me feel connected to something that was greater than just what I was experiencing, which was my own grief. And then when I got to the campsite, the first person to show up was my dear friend, Katie. And the first thing she did was, I mean, she said hi, and then she just gave me the biggest bear hug. And I still remember that because it was the first time that I had felt that I was in company of somebody who didn't blame me. Um, I hadn't really seen anybody 
um, I had only seen Jess and I had talked to my mom and I had also talked to, you know, Kendall from my, from my podcast, but hadn't seen anybody. Kendall lives far away. My mom lives far away. Jeff lives with me, but we were, he was also processing his own emotions. And so the first time I had seen Katie or someone outside of my house, um, it, she just gave me this big bear hug and I just felt all the feelings. I mean, I just remember the empathy that I felt in her hug and how she embraced me and told me everything was okay. I think that's when I could really process the grief I was feeling without also having this like layer of defense or guilt or shame. I just felt sad. And um, I will always remember that as a very touching moment for me. So after I had my miscarriage, um, I think it took me about a month and a half for me to have my first period. Um, and then after that, um, I had my second period. And then after that, I got pregnant with Remy. And gosh, I cannot tell you how scared, hopeful, nervous, and afraid I was during that pregnancy, especially in the first trimester. I was just so much more aware of the, I don't know, I guess the risk that is involved in loving such an early baby um, because I was so paranoid all the time. I was like, oh, like, I'm having a weird cramp. What do you think that means? Or at the ultrasound, they said that, like, there's, like, a small tear in my uterus or something. I can't really remember what it was. Uh, but the way, like, the baby uh, was in my, like, sack or something, there was, like, a small tear. And so I kept monitoring that every time I'd go to a new ultrasound. I think I had, like, three ultrasounds before I was 12 weeks because I was just so paranoid and Thank God the midwife humored me because I think it really saved me mentally. Um, but I just remember the fear of like loving the baby. And also, I think even after I finally had her and oh my gosh, I have to also say when we found out she was a girl, it was such a blessing because Jeff had really wanted a girl and there's, I mean, I have no, I have nothing to do with what gender the baby is. That's all the guy and the semen. So there was just a lot of pressure. We already had a boy. Jeff has always wanted a baby girl. And so when we, when we found out at the ultrasound that it was a girl, it just felt like this was, this was the baby we were meant to take home. And this is the baby that we were meant to have. And that provided some relief, but also the just never-ending nervousness of the pregnancy and being so scared that something might happen again. And then even after, and you actually have the baby, which I'll have to do a whole episode on, um, on birth and birth stories. Cause I've, my son was born with an epidural and Remy was, uh, born naturally. And so I'll have to do a whole podcast on that and the pros and cons of each, but I just remember feeling like I should always have this gratefulness because I finally had the baby that I want. And even in those moments of like, oh my gosh, she's not sleep trained and she's 11 months and she won't drink from a bottle. So I'm breastfeeding all the time. 
I still felt very much like you can't have these negative thoughts because you are lucky you even have your baby. And sometimes, I mean, I do agree. I am very lucky that I have my baby, but it's, it, I think it also provided a hard way for me to cope with mixed feelings, I guess, you know, I luckily I've never really suffered from post, uh, or I mean, um, postpartum depression, but I have had baby blues and I, I feel like, you know, it was very hard to acknowledge both feelings, which is, I am so lucky I have her, but also it's so hard and oh my gosh, it's hard. I need help. (laughs) So anyways, thank you all for listening to my shared story. I hope that, um, you know, for anyone out there who has experienced a miscarriage, I know one of the the things that really, really helped me was Katie's hug. <laughs> um, but also when I did post on Facebook about my miscarriage, I had, gosh, I think maybe four or five messages from different women sharing their story with me and letting me know I wasn't alone. And, you know, miscarriages happen to or can happen to anyone. So um, I really hope that this story and sharing the story uh, helps other women out there who are experiencing this. It is such a dark and bleak time, but you will get through it. And, um, you know, it's just tough. So thank you all for listening. And I will talk to you all next week. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Girl Talk. Before you go, please head over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe so you never miss an episode and leave a review so we can get the feedback. Thanks so much. Talk to you all next week.